pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 202. Today I'm going to chat with Monica, aka Pino in Pistols, discuss the first gun violence state of emergency, highlight the new LCP Max, and talk about a Canadian member of parliament who just can't keep it clean on Zoom. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Monica, how are you doing today? Hey, Ava, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm really happy to have you on the show, actually. We hung out a little bit in, man, you know when you travel so much, wait, what state were we in? (laughs) What state were we in? I think that was Missouri at the American Outdoor Browns event, right? Yeah. Okay. That is where we met up. Yeah. And that was a few months ago and it was a lot of fun hanging out with you. So I definitely had to have you on the show. Before we get into what you do in the industry though, I'm going to take a quick break and talk about Smith & Wesson. Smith & Wesson, they just announced a new model of their popular M&P 15. It's the M&P 15-2. It's a higher-end version of the reliable M&P 15 with all the premium upgrades that you can think of straight from the factory. It has a Magpul CTR stock, 15-inch free-flow M-Lock handguard to start along with a 16-inch 5R barrel for accuracy and an M4E flash suppressor ambidextrous safety and Radian Raptor charging handle with a forged integral trigger guard. The lower includes four patented rubber buffers for tighter tolerances and improved accuracy, and to finish it off, a nice flat face trigger and a Smith & Wesson grip with interchangeable palm swells. MSRP on that is $1,372, which for all the upgrades is pretty affordable. If you guys want to check that out, head on over to smith-wesson.com. And check out all the other firearms that they have as well. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, getting into it. For listeners who aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do in the firearms industry. Yeah. So I started my Instagram page, Pino and Pistols, about three and a half years ago now. And it was sort of at the very beginning of my firearms journey. So I just really wanted a place where I could share about what I was learning along the way, kind of getting into firearms for the first time, getting into concealed carry. And since then, it's kind of grown from there. So I have a blog now as well. And I'm just still sharing my journey, but also kind of taking an educational stance on things too, and kind of helping others learn about guns and also learn about wine in a way that's kind of approachable and easy and fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually, believe it or not, wine and guns, both of those can be kind of intimidating. I know when I first started getting into wine, when I lived in New York City and, oh, well, what kind of wine do you like? Oh, well, can't you taste the notes of tobacco and berries? And no, I don't really taste that. Now (laughs) I'd like to think, I've definitely educated myself quite a bit, especially when it comes to red wine. But I like your approach on the whole thing that you're taking your followers on your journey. And as you're learning, they're learning. I like it. And you've definitely made it less intimidating, which I think, like I said, I think both subjects can definitely be intimidating. One thing 
you live in Portland, which is obviously not much of a pro-gun state. What is it that you decided, hey, I'm going to get into guns? Because I imagine, to my knowledge, you weren't raised around guns, correct? Right. I didn't ever shoot a firearm until I was like 25. So definitely not a part of my life growing up or anything like that. And I'm actually from California. So it was even harder to get into guns down there. It just, it wasn't a part of my life in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, so moving to Oregon actually opened that door for me, which is kind of funny because yeah, the Portland area is very blue, but it's a little bit easier here, I would say, to get into firearms, like as opposed to California. Yeah, definitely. You're just outside of Portland though. You're not in Portland. Yeah, I'm in I'm in the Portland metro area, but okay. I'm kind of not in Portland proper. So yeah. I'm a little bit removed from Portland, which is nice. Yeah, no kidding. Especially with all the riots and stuff. How badly did they destroy that city? To be honest with you, I don't really know. I don't go into Portland. I kind of avoid it. Yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean it's it's not great. I I did drive through downtown kind of last summer and it was a disaster. So I've just been avoiding it completely. The biggest problem that I feel uncomfortable with about Portland right now is just the homeless. Yeah. Um they've completely taken over the city. So the riots, I mean, yeah, they're concerning, but not my biggest concern for sure when I go into town. Yeah. That's kind of how Denver is as well. I remember Denver, you would rarely, even downtown Colorado Springs, which I live really close to, you would rarely see homeless. And it's kind of weird that there's just so much. And what I've realized is everybody's like, we need to help the homeless. But the issue that I see is a lot of them are choosing to live off the grid and be homeless. So it's like a totally different perspective. You can't really help somebody who chooses that lifestyle. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. But Kind of going back to guns, at what point you moved to Oregon? At what point are you like, all right, maybe I need a gun? Yeah. So there, there are two big shifts for me that happened when I moved to Oregon. The first was that I was around my extended family for the first time. So mm -hmm. my dad's actually from Oregon. All of our extended family is here. And most of them are in agriculture. So they've got lots of land and lots of space to shoot. So for the first time, like I had an opportunity to actually go and shoot with people that I trust. So that was sort of my first intro into firearms, you know, with my uncles and my cousins and all of that. So it was just kind of, it was easy in that sense. Like I didn't really put much thought into it. It was like, okay, I'm going to go out for a fun range day with family. Christmas morning turned into, hey, let's go shoot. So that was kind of the first part of it for me. The second part and probably the most impactful one is that I was living alone for the first time in my life and doing a lot of things by myself that I normally wouldn't have done previously living in California. Mm -hmm. So things like going hiking and exploring the city and, you know, road tripping across the state, all of those kinds of things I was doing completely by myself. So that thought started to enter my mind of, oh my gosh, if something were to happen, I would not have a way to defend myself. Yeah. And I was really uncomfortable with that idea. Yeah, I agree. It's funny because anytime somebody's like, no, we shouldn't even have guns. Guns should be banned. And I'm always, well, personally, I live alone. What other alternative would you recommend that's going to give me a fighting chance that I could use to protect myself? And they never come up with, okay, pepper spray. It's been proven that people can still act. They can still move on pepper spray. It's not a complete deterrent. A knife, I'm going to have to get close to them. Baseball bat, that's assuming that I even have enough strength to actually swing it and my luck, they'd probably just grab it. There's really nothing else out there. For those who want to disarm America, think about the women like you and I who live alone and 
even going hiking and stuff. There's been a huge uptick in women getting stalked while they're hiking and raped or killed and all of this stuff. I think it's extremely important. I kind of want to go back to the first time that you shot a gun. You said that you were in good hands and it was a comfortable setting, but was it still sort of intimidating when you had that gun in your hand, you were about to pull the trigger for the first time? Yeah. My, my first experience shooting was actually with a shotgun. And it's funny because I hardly ever shoot shotgun anymore, but it was definitely intimidating just because A, I knew that there was a large amount of recoil coming that I didn't know how to handle because it was my first time shooting. And B, like, I didn't really understand like how the firearm functioned. Mm -hmm. And for me, in order to be comfortable with something like, yeah, I need to understand the safety side of it, but I also want to know like how it works, like what's actually happening when I pull the trigger. And not having that knowledge automatically made me a little bit intimidated. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, once I pulled the trigger for the first time and I knew kind of what to expect, I was like, okay, yeah, I got this. This is fun. I think what scares us is, I don't know about you, but I always saw videos where, of course, some jerk gives this tiny female a shotgun. They don't give her proper shooting techniques and it ends up coming back and she falls down after shooting it or it comes back and hits you in the face. And so you always think about the worst because of these stupid YouTube videos that are floating around. I think that that's kind of what made me expect even probably more recoil than the gun actually had. Yeah, 100%. It's like, what am I getting myself into here? And is it going to be like those videos I see on the internet? Yeah, no kidding. And am I going to add to that? Please, everyone, cameras down, cameras down. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Then at what point did you start carrying after you got into guns? How long did you wait before you got your concealed carry permit? Yeah, it was a little bit of a slow process. Like I had a little bit of shotgun experience and a little bit of rifle experience with the family, but not really any handgun experience. And I kind of just knew that like that was the direction that I needed to go. So I actually had a couple of friends at the time that were firearms instructors. And so I started working with them just doing private instruction. And after a few lessons, I was like, okay, this is something that I can feel comfortable with. And I just kind of knew from that point that I'd go and get my concealed carry permit, even though like that wasn't my goal necessarily when I started out. Mm -hmm. So I did lessons for a while, actually, like close to a year before I got my concealed carry permit. And then from there, I just kind of like hit the ground running and really dove in. Wow. And that was about three and a half years ago now that I got my concealed. And was it kind of weird when you started carrying? Were you just like... (gasps) It feels weird. What's going to happen? Let's say, depending on how you carry it, you bend over to tie your shoe and go, is it going to fall out? Is the trigger going to go off? Did it seem still sort of a foreign object? Yeah. I mean, it definitely takes time to get used to it. And I think that a lot of people, when they first start their journey, they think that they can just do it and it's going to be easy and fun. But it is. It. I mean, you're basically adding an appendage to your body that was never there before. Like it is an adjustment. Yeah. So I really took my time in kind of getting used to it. I carried at home a lot, like all the time so Mm -hmm. that I could kind of get used to, okay, how it feels on my body, what happens when I move, when I bend over, you know, all those kinds of things. And then once I was ready or I felt ready to like step out into the real world and start carrying like outside of my house, like I felt comfortable with actually having it on me. Yeah. So I think doing that work at home really helped. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm going to take a quick break real quick, talk about SB Tactical. Guys, if you're doing a build with a minimalist design in mind, you need to check out the SB Mini brace from SB Tactical. It's the lightest and smallest brace around, I think it only weighs about four ounces. 
and it measures 3.5 inches long. So super tiny. It installs on any standard AR pistol style buffer tube and is available in black or FDE. They go for about $79.99, but remember you're going to use that code GUNFUNNY15. That's going to get you 15% off, and that is at sb-tactical.com. I'm sure lots of people who are listening right now, they're dying for me to ask, how is it that you carry? Because I know for women, it's not as easy and there's lots of options out there, but a lot of the options, it's not comfortable. I don't want to wear this every day like this. What are some of the options that you found to be most comfortable? Yeah, so I primarily carry appendix. And when I first got started, that kind of just seemed like a logical place for me to start. It was like easy for me to access, easy for me to conceal there and relatively comfortable. I did experiment with a couple other carry positions like strong side. And I just found that I didn't really like that. I couldn't really draw well or consistently and it just wasn't very comfortable for me. (laughs) So I've kind of stuck with appendix carrying for the most part. And like, that's my sweet spot. I know it. And I really want to give myself that consistent experience like every day. Like I don't want to have to think about, oh, well, where am I carrying today? How am I carrying today? Yeah. So just kind of trying to remove as much of that potential for error as possible. Yeah. So I kind of just stick to appendix carry. I mean, at this point in my journey, there's not really any other positions that I'm interested in trying. Like I've just kind of found my thing that works for me and I know it works. And so that's what I do every day. Yeah. Well, honestly. It's pretty ideal because you're going to have quick access to it. It's right there as opposed to fumbling in your purse, trying to find where the gun is, which I don't recommend. If you are going to carry in your purse, make sure it's designated in a certain place and just know that you're not going to have quick access, but that's a whole nother story. But inside the waistband, I think is probably most ideal. But for me, it's one of those things where I don't know especially if I eat a lot and I'm wearing jeans. I'm totally that type of person that undoes the top button. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then I forget. I stand up and I'm walking away. Oh, no, my pant button is undone. (laughs) And then if I wear leggings, it definitely doesn't conceal as well. I think it definitely depends on your body type and you're really tiny. So I could see how it'd be probably pretty easy for you to carry inside your waistband. What kind of holster are you using? Is it Kydex or is it a softer material? Yeah, mostly Kydex these days. I mean, I'm sure just like you, I have drawerfuls of holsters. Yeah. But yeah, Kydex is my go-to. Okay. And then what other things does it have on it? Because like Sake Holsters, he just sent me a Kydex holster and it has, I can't think of what it's called, but it's that little thing that pushes out. Yeah. Like a wing or a claw. Yeah. Yeah. I like the claw, wing, mod wing, whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's a bunch of different names for it. So yeah, all of my holsters have that on it and I do carry with a pretty sturdy belt too so that that wing is able to actually, you know, pull the whole setup in towards my body. Yeah. So that helps a lot with concealment. I haven't really gotten into any of those like soft sided holsters or anything like that. Just from like a safety perspective, I don't think it's the best option. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree. The thing is, is a lot of them don't have retention. So, but I didn't have an issue with the sticky holster, even though that's more of a soft sided holster, but I kind of felt like because it was pressed up against my skin and my clothing that it sort of kept the retention, but I would obviously recommend a belt as well. And that's another thing is I don't really wear belts that often. So I don't know. I have to figure it out. That was an adjustment for me for sure. And when I first started carrying, 
I was like, oh, I can just use this old flimsy belt that I've had. Like, it's fine. I don't need to buy another belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> um, there definitely is a big difference in carrying with a belt that is made for concealed carry versus just some random belt that you had in your closet. Yeah, totally. Um, and once once I got a good belt for concealed carry, like that changed the game for me just in terms of comfort and concealment. Because what I found when I was using like an old belt was that I had to crank it down so tight in order to get effective concealment and it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. But I don't necessarily have to do that with a real concealed carry belt. So yeah, I like wearing a belt. I don't know. It's just kind of, it's 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 just kind of what I'm used to, I guess. I do have some leggings like the Alexo Athletica concealed carry leggings. I love those. I use like a little trigger guard in there. Yeah. As well. So that's a nice option. But yeah, day to day, most of the time I'm in, you know, jeans with a belt and a holster. And what brand of belt is it that you use? I've got a couple. So for leather belts, I really like Flagrant Beard. They're American made, you know, really good quality, sturdy leather. And those just kind of seamlessly blend in with my wardrobe. So I really like that. It doesn't look like I'm wearing a gun belt or anything tactical. And then I also have a few from Blue Alpha that I really like. So those are kind of like a, I think it's nylon. Yeah. Kind of a more traditional like gun belt, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they have kind of a hybrid Cobra buckle that actually fits through the belt loops. So yeah, which makes it so much easier. I know when they came out with that, oh, thank God, because by the time you get your holster on and then your belt and you got to put the belt loops back in, it's just too much. If I have to hurry up and run an errand real quick, I'm not going to be able to do all that stuff. Yeah, totally. And I like those um, from Blue Alpha, you know, they're made in Georgia Mm -hmm. and they're a pretty good price point. Like so many gun belts are just like, why do these have to be so freaking expensive? Yeah. But Blue Alpha has a really awesome price point. So that's a huge plus too. Yeah, definitely. At what point did you decide, all right, I'm going to start a page and I'm assuming that you started with Instagram, right? Yeah. And is Instagram the only page or do you also have a Facebook page? And I have a Facebook mostly just because it's required if you want to have a business page on Instagram, but I don't engage too much on Facebook. I'm trying to be better about that. But I I try to keep it simple and like stick to one platform for the most part. Yeah, I hear you. So at what point did you decide, all right, I'm going to start this page and I'm going to take people on my journey with me. And also two questions here. Did you get any feedback from your friends or family in California or any friends that were kind of anti-gun? Okay, cool. Me living in New York City, I'm pretty sure all my friends just assumed, oh, she lost her mind. She went back to Colorado and got into guns and we don't even recognize her anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So part of the reason that I started a separate page for my gun journey was because I got flack from people on my personal page. So I had started posting, you know, my personal accounts like, oh, hey, I'm going to the range today, like getting into guns, bought my first gun, like whatever. And it was not well received by a lot of my friends. I have, you know, just being from California and now living in the Portland area, I do have a lot of anti-gun people in my life and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's their prerogative. I'm not going to judge them too harshly on that, but they were coming at me, you know, like, why would you need to do that? You know, blah, 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 all the things that we hear. And it was super disheartening. Like that, that was a bummer. Like I was excited about this journey. I was excited to be taking my safety into my own hands. And then I got like slapped with this, like, why are you doing this? And it was just, it was really kind of a bummer. Mm -hmm. So I wanted a place where I could share about my journey and not be judged in that way. And also kind of tap into a community of firearm owners and ladies who can still carry and all of that fun stuff without having to do so from my personal account. So that's what kind of prompted me getting started Hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't blame you. It's kind of funny. Oh, well, look at me now, all because of you guys and your flack. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I've always kind of wondered, do you ever get any flack for mixing wine and guns together? All the time. Because obviously you're not doing both of them at the same time. But you got to love the keyboard warriors that just can't keep their mouth shut. And if they're not putting somebody down, they're just don't feel fulfilled. I always wondered about that. If people are just, oh, well, alcohol and guns don't mix. Yeah, I do get, you know, some of that. Not as much anymore, but it's a hot topic, right? Because, of course, we all know that alcohol and firearms don't mix well, but this is real life. Yeah. Like, I do have a glass of wine most nights in my house with my firearms. And if something were to happen to me after I had a glass of wine, it's not like I'm going to not go for my gun and be like, oh, well, I had a glass of wine, so I'm not going to defend myself. Yeah. Like, this is reality. So, Yeah. Sometimes they are literally combined. Like I'll sit on my couch and dry fire while I'm having a glass of wine. And I know a lot of people that are really against doing things like that. But again, I'm having a glass of wine. I'm not getting tanked and going and playing with guns. It's a, it's a very different thing. Mm -hmm. And I do carry occasionally when I'm going out to a wine tasting or when I'm going to meet a friend for a drink in the state of Oregon, there are no laws about alcohol and guns together. Mm -hmm. So I'm completely within my rights to, you know, carry at a bar, carry at a winery while I'm drinking. I, of course, you know, you got to be smart. So my kind of strategy on that is if I'm driving and therefore I'm keeping my alcohol consumption in check because I know I'm going to be driving, then I'm also going to be carrying. Yeah. Um, But if I'm in a situation where like I'm going to an all day event where I'm going to be drinking wine all day long, of course, I'm not going to carry when I know that I'm probably going to have a good buzz going. Mm -hmm. So I think we just need to be smart about how we approach those situations. And it's not as black and white as a lot of people think it needs to be, in my opinion. No, I completely agree. And I'm actually really glad that you just addressed that because it's the same thing with Colorado. So you can go into a bar with your gun and there's no rules against it, whereas some places you can't even step foot into a place that serves liquor with your gun. And it's weird because the law says that you can't carry while intoxicated. It doesn't really define the definition of intoxication. I always go by, well, okay, if you can drive and not blow hot, then I would say you're good. But I would say I definitely carry when, if I'm meeting my friend for a drink for happy hour or something like that, but it's been forever since I've been drunk. It's one of those things where we can plan all day long and, well, you shouldn't mix one or the other, but We also live in the real world. It's not, hey, the minute you decide that you're going to carry your gun, you can never drink alcohol again. You still should live your life, but just play it safe and be responsible. Yeah, 100%. And the thing for me, too, is, you know, I'm a single gal. Like, I'll meet people from a dating app for a drink, for happy hour or whatever, for a date. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's exactly the situation where I want to make sure I have the means to protect myself. Yeah. I'm not going to forego, you know, oh, yeah. carrying just so I can like not go out on a date. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm actually curious. So with dating apps, have you put in your dating profile that you're into guns or is that something that you tell them once you meet up with them? Well, most dating apps these days don't let you like put. show pictures of a firearm or, you know, really talk about it blatantly. Yeah. I try to put something subtle in there that indicates that maybe I'm into guns, but you might only get it if you're also into guns. Yeah. Because it is a part of my life. And like trying to date somebody that's anti-gun is frankly just not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. But I also want to be careful because I don't want 
to put myself in a situation where I'm going to meet someone for the first time and they know I have a firearm on me. Mm -hmm. Like that's not necessarily a good position to put myself in either. So I tread a little bit lightly when I'm first getting to know somebody and I usually don't tell them that I can still carry until I know I'm comfortable with them and I know I can trust them. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you mentioned this because I personally just joined a dating app not too long ago. It's been a little while now. and All right, maybe I'm ready to get back into it. And so I joined Bumble and I have it where this is the only reason why I think I did it because there is if you pay extra, you can go in incognito mode. And so mm-hmm. only if you swipe right, then will it show up in that person's choices like if they want to swipe right or left. So it's not like everyone on that app can see me because I feel like I'd be sort of mortified and I say that, but yet here I am just saying it on my show. Well, I joined a dating app. Yay. <laughs> but I've already seen like quite a few people that I've went to school with or that I know, oh God, I'm so glad that they can't see my profile. But I also figured, well, now that I'm in this cognito mode, I could also kind of like put more about me. And I did say as far as occupation, I did say that I'm in the firearms industry. I didn't elaborate exactly what I do, but I did try to put a picture where I'm carrying a gun and it wouldn't even let me press save. It automatically got flagged. Wow. How ridiculous. And it's one of those things where clearly it's not illegal yet okay, whatever, it got flagged, which is weird because I did actually see a few guys in their pictures carrying guns. That's interesting. It's weird that theirs didn't get flagged and mine did. But yeah, so I just kind of figured I would take my time with it. I didn't really, I haven't like dived into it 100% where I'm like, okay, every day I'm on it. Yeah, I'll take my time. But even though I kind of feel weird about the whole dating app, it's like one of those things where I feel like this is dating now in 2021. Yeah. Especially if you're self-employed or you're working from home. A lot's changed after 2020. And if you're doing the same thing over and over again every day, how are you supposed to meet other people? And yeah, so all right, I'm just going to do it. It's no longer looked down upon as much. It's definitely a lot more accepted. I mean, it's it like you said, it's just the reality of dating now. And it's impossible to meet people in person and especially like post-COVID people aren't as willing to approach people in public. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh my God, am I like allowed to talk to people? And maybe here in Oregon, it's a little bit worse. Like we've been so like, they just lifted the mandates like last week. So it's been, it's been pretty crazy here. Wow. But yeah, like approaching people in public that you don't know is kind of like taboo at this point. So dating online is like really the only way to meet people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Let's go back to wine. What are some of your favorite wines? Oh my gosh, there's so many. You know, here in Willamette Valley, we're known for Pinot Noir. That's kind of where the Pinot and Pinot and Pistols came from. And I think there's about 800 wineries here in the area now. Wow. So there's there's a lot of choices. But I'd say the ones that I keep going back to recently, there's a few. So Domaine Divio is kind of the first winery where I really fell in love with Oregon Pinot Noir. And I've been a member there for a few years. So that's definitely one of my favorites. And then there's a new one, not new, but new to me, I guess, called Arlen. And I'm kind of obsessed with Arlen. Like literally everything I've had from them is amazing. It's run by this woman named Janice and she is the farmer. So she's the one who basically established the vineyard, you know, grows all the grapes. And she's also got like heritage breed 
pigs, sheep, cows, all this kind of stuff. So she's got like this little farm going and it's just amazing. And I love it so much. How do you spell? So Arlen is it A-R-L-A-N? A-R-L-Y-N. L-Y-N. Okay. I'm yeah. totally going to look this up. This is, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, small production. And so that's what I gravitate towards most. Small production wineries, wineries that are really focusing on like good farming practices, you know, organic, biodynamic, all that kind of stuff and taking a minimal intervention approach to wine. So not adding in a bunch of chemicals and a bunch of stuff that we definitely don't need in our bodies or in our wine. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I just, I want to support local wineries that I feel good about supporting. Mm-hmm. And there's one more I want to mention though, um, and that is Dauntless Wine Co. And Dauntless is veteran owned and operated. Ben Martin is a Marine veteran and he is doing some really cool stuff with Dauntless. They're out here in Forest Grove. They have an adorable tasting room. It's basically a military museum. It's really cool. And he is focusing on viticulture and winemaking as a form of therapy for veterans, particularly those with PTSD and TBI. So it's a pretty cool spot. And they just purchased their first property, their first vineyard. Well, it's not even a vineyard yet. They're going to be planting it soon. And so I think he's going to be getting a lot more into the you know agricultural side of things and bringing veterans along the way with him as he does that. So I'm really excited to see what they have to come. Yeah, no kidding. I love that idea. Yeah, pretty That's- awesome. And just amazing people and good wine. It's it's fantastic. I'm so jealous that you have wineries. That was the one thing I really miss about New York is going out east and going to the wineries. The wine was crap. They really don't have the best wine in New York, but it was just you'd make a day out of it and visit all these wineries and you'd be outside and it's all pretty and relaxing. And then that's just one thing that Colorado doesn't really have. There is a few wineries, not in Colorado Springs, that would be a few hours away when I keep thinking, all right, I need to go and visit those. But Really, what I should do is just plan a trip to Portland and then we just like hit up the wineries. (laughs) Yeah. I think that would be so fun. It would be. It would be. I have a guest room. You're welcome to stay. We can go drink wine. It'll be great. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And we could discuss guns. It'd be the perfect day ever. (laughs) Yes, 100%. I'm going to take another quick break, talk about Caldwell. Caldwell, they have their tack driver, their X-Bag. It's designed to give you a stable rest on just about anything that you might run into on like the PRS matches. It's shaped like an X with legs, so it'll get steady on barricades, windows, roofs. It has different textures on different sides of the bag so that you can grip for all of those different surfaces. It comes in two sizes. The larger bag is $52. The smaller bag is $31. Remember, though, you're going to use that code GUNFUNNY10, and that's going to get you 10% off your first order. The website is coldwellshooting.com. What are you currently carrying these days, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I'm carrying a Glock 48. That's my primary. And then I still have my 43. That was my first carry gun. And I carry that occasionally, just depending on the circumstances. But for the most part, it's my 48. Nice. And then one of the things that I noticed is you actually name all of your guns, which I think yeah. is really cute. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm super nerdy like that. I name all my plants too. But yeah, I, so I started naming my guns when I first got into concealed carrying because I wanted a way to talk about 
yeah. my firearms, like in public with my friends yeah. without like, anybody else know around us that I have a gun. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of have personified my guns a little bit just so that I could talk about it. I'll be like, oh yeah, Gus and I went on a hike the other day. And so yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of just turned into this funny thing. So I'm keeping going with that and <laughs> giving all my guns names. I like it. One thing that I did notice is that you recently finished a social media sabbatical. Why was that? And yeah. I'd imagine that it's probably pretty refreshing because I got to say some days if social media wasn't such a large part of my job, I think that I would probably not have social media. Yeah. Social media can be tough sometimes. I mean, you know, it's it's just a lot. So a few years ago, I decided that once a year I'm going to take a social media sabbatical. So it's really just a, you know, break from social media. So I delete the apps off my phone. You know, I don't delete the accounts by any means, but I delete the apps so that I can't access them. And I just take a month to like live life outside of social media. And it's pretty great. It's definitely more difficult to do that when your business involves social media. Like as I kind of turn Pinot and Pistols into operating it more as like a business and like a true like money-making, you know, entity. It's really hard to kind of take that break, but man, I need it. (laughs) So yeah, once a year I take a month off and it's very refreshing. And I I learned something new kind of about myself and about my approach to social media every time I do it. So yeah, it's going to continue to be a part of my strategy, I think, going forward. Yeah, I'm actually jealous and I'm kind of curious to see, you know, if you can keep up with that. Because like you said, as you turn Pino and Pistols into more of a business, if you're just, well, yeah, okay, we can do that. Uh, I can post those things, you know, or I could review that or whatever, but just not this month. Okay. So call me back next month. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's hard. I try to, I try to plan it so that it spans two months. So I'll do like, you know, mid-May to mid-June or mm-hmm. whatever. So that I still have a couple of weeks on each month. So if I have commitments that I need to, you know, attend to, I can still do that within the appropriate month. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's hard. But I think that it's made such a big impact on kind of my mental health that I mean it's really it's probably a necessity. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's kind of a non-negotiable thing for me at this point. Like I have to do it once a year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really strange. Like the first few days after deleting the apps off my phone, it's so crazy because I will automatically go to where the app used to be on my phone. Yeah. Like constantly. And you don't really realize that you're doing it when you're, you know, actually like opening Instagram and browsing or whatever. But when the app's not there and you find yourself constantly going back to it, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I honestly, I do think that it's a form of addiction for people to constantly be on social media. And it is one of those things where we've become so comfortable that that's just naturally what we do when we pick up our phone. And I could absolutely see myself doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my strategy now with social media is that, you know, I have all notifications turned off and I try to be really intentional about how I spend my time on social media. So I set limits on my phone with how much time I can spend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So right now it's just like an hour a day. So if I'm bored or I think I'm bored and I want to scroll Instagram isn't my option, right? And so it's kind of forcing me to find other activities, more productive activities to fill my time. Mm -hmm. So it's like maybe instead of going to Instagram, I pick up a book and like read a few pages instead. Yeah. I'm trying to, you know, encourage a little bit of a behavior change in myself. 
but yeah, I've hidden the app from myself a little bit on my phone. So I don't have it like on the front page. Yeah. I have to like, you know, swipe through a few pages to get to it. And I've actually put all my social media apps in a folder that I've labeled limit time. Just as a reminder. I like <laughs> so it. It's kind of that like visual reminder of like, you shouldn't be here for very long. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I should probably try that. I don't know. It'd probably actually stress me out less if I just, I don't know. Yeah. Social media does bring a lot of stress as well. But yeah. all right. Moving forward, do you have any future plans that you can share with us? Sort of. So I'm actually kind of in the process of finally setting up Pinot and Pistols as a business entity. I've run into some challenges, like kind of everything I try to do these days. I hit, you know, very, <laughs> very many bumps in the road along mm-hmm. the way. So yeah, the state of Oregon is making it a little bit difficult on me right now, but I'm, I'm working on that just so I can start tapping into, you know, opportunities that come my way in terms of, you know, partnerships and writing opportunities and, you know, making money. So yeah. I'm trying to shift gears a little bit right now to do more writing on my blog and kind of tying more of my Instagram content to writing rather than the other way around. So I've got some actual like freelance writing opportunities that I can't tell you about yet, but I'm really excited about those. And yeah, some some new brand partnerships coming up as well. So nice. Some fun things on the horizon. Yeah, definitely. For people who want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Yeah, on Instagram, it's at Pinot and Pistols. So it's P-I-N-O-T-A-N-D-P-I-S-T-O-L-S. And then my website is pinoandpistols.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely look out for all the blog posts and stuff like that. I think that's really cool that you're doing that, especially as I have an English degree from one writer to another. I could definitely appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Moving forward, IWI. If you guys want a compact rifle with a bit more oomph, you need to check out the Tavor 7. The Tavor 7 has the same short size as the rest of the Tavor bullpups, but it's chambered in 7.62 NATO. With a 16.5 inch barrel, the 308 rifle is only 26.75 inches in overall length. It's pretty incredible how compact that is for a 308. Like the rest of the modern Travor series, it's completely ambidextrous and you can swap out the ejection port and charging handle from side to side. The short stroke gas piston has four settings, including off, which is great for maximizing the effectiveness of a suppressor. Another thing that is great is that they use standard mags like the P mags. That's always a plus. They're really slick design. You can check those out at IWI.us while you're there if you find any accessories from their web store. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that is going to get you 15% off. Today in politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Governor Cuomo declares emergency. New York Governor Cuomo, possibly one of the worst governors in the country, this week declared a, quote, gun violence state of emergency, end quote. As New York already has the strictest gun control in the country, how could this be possible to be a gun violence state of emergency to begin with? Maybe because the absolute refusal to prosecute criminal thieves, rioters, and people who have conducted uncounted assaults in his state in the last year. Reportedly, his declaration allows him to tap into 
$138 million in state funds by treating quote unquote gun violence as a public health emergency. Did you have a chance to read this, Monica? No, actually, I didn't. I've been a little bit out of the loop on the latest news lately. Yeah, I saw something like this. I didn't really look into it because, okay, New York. But when I was living in New York City, Governor Cuomo was still around. And it was just crazy because I swear it was every other week in the newspaper. It was something about him and some sort of sexual harassment case or something like that. This guy is just, I don't know, just super gross. Most of the money will simply go to political allies for job programs. Very little of it, obviously, is going to go to police agencies. In his speech, he claimed that 74% of guns used in crimes came from outside of New York, which I doubt that he has any legitimate data to back up. He said they will form a task force to stop this flood of illegal guns coming into New York from states with weak gun laws which is very few states near like neighboring states that I think have weak gun laws. Along with this, he signed two bills, one which allowed lawsuits against gun manufacturers, which directly violates the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. If you guys aren't familiar with this act, it's a federal law that prevents frivolous lawsuits against gun manufacturers for the criminal misuse of their products. Just like, for example, you can't sue Ford because someone got drunk and caused an accident in a Ford truck. His executive orders will also create an Office of Gun Violence Prevention and require police departments to share data. His declaration of war on guns, of course, comes when he's facing multiple credible cases of sexual harassment, which, again, I'm not surprised, and the cover-up of nursing home deaths from COVID. In his speech, he stated that just like we did with COVID, New York is going to lead the nation once again with a comprehensive approach to combating the preventative gun violence. And our first step is acknowledging the problem with the first in the nation disaster emergency on gun violence. It's crazy how people even, I don't know, it's crazy how people just don't call him out more on his BS, but the NSSF has already stepped up the fight, an unconstitutional new law. Moving forward, Manicore Arms. I talked about the Tavor 7 a little bit ago with IWI. Manicore Arms has some upgrades for it. Manicore's signature curved butt pad for the Tavor is pretty much essential in my opinion. It really improves the shooting comfort since the stock butt pad is designed for shooting off armor rather than the shoulder. If you've got any of the Tavor products, it's definitely an upgrade that you need. They also have the Luma safety levers, which are great for improving the comfort of the safety selectors. The original ones have a bit more sharper edges because they just assume that you're going to be wearing gloves when operating it. And what gun wouldn't be complete without the night break to reduce the rise in recoil, which by that, I promise you, you're not going to regret that. You can check out all of these at manicorearms.com. Don't forget to use the code AVAROCKS15 and you will get 15% off. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's question is, your range is looking awesome. Does this mean that you're skid loader certified? What else are you planning to add to it? Monica, I don't know if you saw on social media, but I recently, it was just a few days ago, I posted a picture of the range that I've been working on, the outside range. And I made a comment. Everyone wants to be a content creator or a quote unquote influencer. 
And they have no idea the amount of work that goes into the stuff that the camera doesn't cover. They just see what the camera covers. They see this five minute video and they don't even see even the editing that goes into that stuff, which is a lot of work. Wouldn't you say that, you know, there is a lot more work that are behind the scenes that most people probably don't know exists? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, you kind of get that in every industry, every line of work, every subject. So I love that you shared that because I think it's important that we kind of expose that side of it. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is a lot of hard work. And even just one photo that you see on social media, there's so much that goes behind that. Oh, I know. For example, let's say I'm going to take a picture at my desk. Cool. Let's clear my entire desk off. All the paperwork and everything that I had spaced out and organized to an extent. And I have to take that off. And I don't know. It's just, it's a lot of things that people don't realize. But anyways, my friend, he has property. He let me build a range on it. And with all the rain last year, he spent like $3,000 on a loader building up this range. And then with all the rain, it got rained out, which sucks. And so we ended up running a skid loader. And it's actually kind of funny because it was my best friend's husband who's, no, we don't need a loader. We could get by with the skid loader, which we totally needed a loader. And I'm still a little upset about, but he did the best he could. And then we cleared out the weeds. I actually did drive the skid loader. I'm not skid loader certified, but it was one of those things where I'd never driven one previously. I don't know. Everything is weird because I guess it's changed a lot. It was just all computerized. So you just press buttons and it lifts the bucket or you turn a notch and it increases the speed. There aren't even the gas or the brake, which is kind of weird. Lots of things to get used to, but I did have a chance to operate it a little bit. But for the most part, it was my best friend's husband that did it while I put together the targets and had a handsaw and sawed the two by fours. But I'm kind of actually happy to say that after I posted that, one of my students, oh, you should have told me that you were renting equipment. I could always get whatever rentals are needed. Well, actually, I do need a loader still. (laughs) I'm not going to take advantage and be like, cool, do it for free. I'll gladly pay if you can get a discount because just to rent a loader, it's $900. And then the skid loader is $500. I'm happy to say that we are actually going back to the range and building up the berm a little bit more. It's really not the end of the world if we don't build up the berm. There isn't anything behind it that would put anybody in danger. But I want to be a good role model. I want people to think, hey, you do need something substantial to shoot at. And you're also assuming that these people are shooting directly into the target, which They could have horrible skills and be shooting above the berm. I think it would be a better look if the berm was just built up a little bit. You mostly do your shooting outside, right? Yeah. So just on public land for the most part. I need to come up with a new strategy, though, because my shooting buddy, my primary shooting buddy has moved away. And it's not exactly a smart decision for me to be going out into the middle of nowhere on public land where there's no cell service (laughs) shooting by myself. So yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I got to get something going there. And that's also another thing that people don't realize. Oh, I love guns. I'm going to be a YouTuber. But you also need to find a place to film. And I'm lucky enough to be friends with the people that own this indoor range that's nearby. I actually do their social media and their email marketing and stuff like that. I wear so many hats. But they have two ranges, two indoor ranges. So they let me rent out the other range. So I have the entire range to myself. So that's kind of nice in the winter. And then with my friend, it's a little bit of a drive, but any of the public ranges, they wouldn't let me do half the stuff that I'm doing. That's another thing that a lot of people have to consider. And then if they're like, 
oh, well, I'll build a range. You also have to make sure that the neighbors are going to be okay with it. Or let's say you are going to make a range. You have to make sure that there's zoning that's proper for it. So there's a lot that goes into it. And then let's not forget you're working in the heat and you get sunburn. And I had so much dirt on me. At one point, I went to go wipe my face and it was just so gritty. My face was covered in dirt. (laughs) Some nice natural exfoliation for you. (laughs) Exactly. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) But yeah, it's not as glamorous as you think. What is glamorous though? Primary arms. They're having a huge summer build sale going on right now. So if you're looking for AR parts, definitely check out Primary Arms. I know a lot of places are out. They are fully stocked. They've got some great sales um, on just about anything that you need to build an AR. So lower parts kit for $33, barrels as low as $69, uppers for $59. Most of the stuff, we're talking pre-2020 prices. You don't really find that much stuff in stock, let alone at that prices. They've got sales going on on higher end stuff like nicer triggers, sites, just a ton of stuff. So check them out, primaryarms.com. Again, if you find a primary arms object that you like, don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A, and you will get a free scope mount with every primary arms optic. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Today in Attack Talk, Ruger recently releases the LCP Max. Have you had a chance to look at this gun? Not yet, no. Very similar to the LCP. It kind of looks like a scaled-down Max 9 blended with the LCP 2. Like the Max 9, it has utilized a more modern magazine design, which optimizes ammo capacity, which is obviously all the rage right now. All these manufacturers are coming out with these compact guns that hold a lot more ammo than what we're used to seeing, which is a slightly more thickness than I'd say the LCP-2. It has a smaller mag extension, so you're able to get four more rounds. It comes with a flush mag that would hold 10 rounds, or you can use the extended mag, which would hold 12 rounds. I don't know if you've ever owned an LCP, but when I first started eight years ago, the LCP was kind of the go-to carry gun. And it shot like crap. And it's double action only. And it was chambered in 380. It wasn't fun to shoot, but it was one of those things where it was small enough where it made concealing it super easy and it really didn't weigh you down. But as far as operating it or practicing with it, it really wasn't a lot of fun. I'm kind of glad to see this one. I'm actually curious to see how it shoots because then they came out with the LCP2, which shot a little bit better. This gun, it's under an inch wide and only 11 ounces. I would say I think it's probably the smallest high-capacity 380 out there on the market right now. MSRP on this is 449 and it comes with a pocket holster as well as a 10-round mag. If you guys want to check that out, just head on over to Roker. GSM Outdoors. Have you ever shot any of Birchwood Casey's targets, like the shoot and see targets, the ones where you shoot it and then it appears like a neon color afterwards? Yeah, I think I have actually. I really like it, especially if you're shooting at a distance, because 
How many times have you shot at a target? I don't even know where the hell that went. Or especially 22. <laughs> I don't know. Did I hit the target? Was it a bullseye? I can't see. That's why I love the shoot and see targets. But they also make steel targets. I actually just got a Texas star from them, which I'm really excited. Oh. Yeah, I've never actually, I don't think I've ever shot at a Texas star. And I know that there's a whole procedure to it. There's a way of going about it. And I think most people always aim for the top target. I think you're supposed to aim for the bottom, but I don't know. I'm going to actually kind of research it a little bit before I go out and record a video. And I'm like, yeah, here I am in my Texas store. And then I can't shoot any of the targets. <laughs> but, yeah, those frighten me a little bit. Not going to lie. I know, right? I know. And then I also have a plate rack coming too. So, okay, cool. I'm going to up my game because I got to say like with 2020 ammo prices and just with everything closed down, I just got into the habit of staying indoors and not going out that much. And then I didn't really want to use up all my ammo. I definitely have gotten lazy. And it also sucks because when this show comes out, I will actually be in Minnesota and I'm going to visit Federal, Federal and CCI Ammunition. I can't tell you guys a ton of details. I will actually be on their podcast, their Federal podcast, which I'm not sure when that's going to launch. But if you follow me on social media, I'll be sure to update you guys when it does. But Anytime we go to these events, like the event that we went to, we were shooting. I'm almost nervous now to shoot in front of a bunch of people because I feel like I suck. All my skills pretty much went to crap. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like range days are few and far between. And even with dry fire training at home, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I still going to be able to do this? <laughs> right? I know. I totally get nervous. But yeah, if you guys want to check out uh, Birchwood Casey, they have other stuff other than paper targets. Check out their steel. And if nothing else, be on the lookout for my videos that are up and coming within probably the next month, I would say. But if you find something that you want to buy, use the code GUNFUNNY20, and that is going to get you 20% off. All right, last segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f Never mind. AF. Canadian MP caught again on Zoom. This actually happened about a month ago, but I don't know where I was. I just now ran across it. Some of you might remember a couple months ago, I talked about a Canadian member of parliament that was caught naked on camera during the Zoom meeting. I called out BS because it just so happened that when the camera shined on him, he happened to have his phone placed over his genital area, which, hmm, that's kind of weird. It was almost like he planned it. Recently, he was caught on camera again. This time, the Zoom meeting was placed through his phone. During the meeting, he needed to use the restroom, and instead of ending the meeting, he placed the phone on the desk and urinated in a coffee cup, which I'm so grossed out about. Ew, you didn't even go into the restroom. I would have thought, okay, he placed his phone on the counter or something, and it was staring up at the wall. Maybe they could hear him pee, but to think he basically urinated at his desk in a coffee cup is disgusting. The camera, of course, was on and captured everything. Thankfully, this wasn't a public meeting, but his colleagues still had to see it. Conservative MP Karen Vesciccio said this is a pattern of behavior from Mr. Amos and is now clear Trudeau's liberals failed in their duty to ensure a safe work environment following the first incident. After claiming the first incident to be an accident, he has now temporarily given up his parliament, secretary, and committee roles but will continue to be a member of parliament. He responded saying, Last night, while attending House of Commons proceedings virtually, 
in a non-public seating. I urinated without realizing I was on camera. While accidental and not visible to the public, this was completely unacceptable, and I apologize unreservedly. I will be stepping aside temporarily from my role as Parliament Secretary and from my committee duties so that I can seek assistance. I wonder what kind of assistance he's going to be seeking. (laughs) Probably, I don't know. I feel like the whole thing is just weird, but it's definitely gross. I could maybe see if there was an accident one time, but this is now a pattern. Ew, get this guy out of there. He just sounds like a lowlife. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely a little slimy. Yeah. Who just forgets that the camera's on? Anytime the camera's on, I am well aware the camera's on. And if anything, I hate it. Do you ever have those friends that don't even, one, I hate talking on the phone, but I hate especially when friends FaceTime you. Dude, it'd be one thing if it was cool, FaceTime me and I'll show you what I'm talking about. I have a friend who's a plumber. Hey, this broke. What am I doing? I don't know. Put me on video so I could see. That would be different. But you ever have these friends that don't even call. They just FaceTime every time. I don't even want to answer my phone because I don't feel like FaceTiming. Yeah. Surprise FaceTime is just never okay. Yeah, no, it's not. It's it's like an invasion of privacy. And half the time I just got done working out. I look like crab and I'm like, I don't want to FaceTime. Yeah. Anyways, hopefully him stepping down becomes like a permanent thing because the guy sounds like a whack job to me. Anyways, it's time for iTunes reviews. First review is from GT Richie 74 titled, I actually look forward to Monday now. Five stars. This is the podcast everyone should be listening to. After hearing Avon Colian Noir's podcast, I made my way over to Gun Funny and have never looked back. Every podcast has a ton of info, a great guest, and a bit of humor. Now we're lucky enough to get Plant Talk too. Keep up the great work and maybe have Tickles on the podcast a little more. Yeah, well, Tickles definitely made her debut when she was barking in the background. Second review is Noah85213. A great podcast, five stars. Truly my favorite thing to listen to while I work. Really great podcast for any gun owner. All right, so Monica, out of those two reviews, I want you to pick a lucky winner to win a prize pack. So would you say the first or the second? I'm going to go with the first one. All right, GTRichie74, contact me. Just go to gunfunny.com and click on the contact us form and just let me know a good mailing address to get that sent out. And now it's time to wrap up. Guys, if you enjoy the show and you want to support it, you should consider becoming a Patreon. After three months, you'll get a Patreon-only patch if you're like a $5 and up Patreon. Any form of pledge, even if you just donate a dollar, three dollars, whatever, you also get entered into winning a $300 gift certificate from Blown Deadline, who does amazing Cerakote jobs. And also want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon is Jon Snow. He wants me to say that Freddy Krueger is afraid that Operator Tickles might one day get tired and take a nap. Hmm. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if I get that. Afraid the Operator Tickles might one day get tired and take a nap. Do you get that? Not entirely. I think maybe he's trying to be funny, but it didn't quite work out the way it was intended. <laughs> Yeah, I don't get that one, but maybe I'm missing something. It is midday, and by midday, I'm thinking of all the other things that I still have to accomplish, and I'm just out of it. All right, Monica. Well, thank you once again for joining me. I'm so glad that you were finally able to make it on the show. And can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you on social media? Yeah, on Instagram, it's at Pino and Pistols. 
And then you can also visit my blog, pinoandpistols.com. All right. Awesome. Well, on that note, we are out of here and I hope everyone has a great week. And like I said, I'll be in Minnesota, but I'll be back next week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.